0: Today on Blue 58, Ted Thompson has been making quite a few headlines in Packers news this week. So let's take a second and look back at the man who presided over one of the most interesting periods in Packers history. How should he be remembered? Blue 58! Hello and welcome to another episode of Blue 58, the one and only podcast of thepowersweep.com. I'm your host, John Meerdink. Happy to be with you here for another episode. Boy, Ted Thompson has been in the news a lot. This week. First, he's inducted into the Packers Hall of Fame, an honor which was very, very well deserved. Then he comes out and announces that he has been suffering from some sort of autonomous disorder, some sort of degenerative nerve condition that is affecting his his nervous system. And then today, Thursday, yesterday, a couple days ago as you're listening to this, He is, at least in part, the subject of a relatively extensive article by Tom Silverstein on the Packers' power structure. It's been an interesting week for a guy who isn't even employed by the Packers anymore. Making the news a lot more than you'd really expect for a guy not named Jermichael Finley or Greg Jennings. Ted Thompson is never going to be the guy who makes news for what he says about the Packers. Really only for what people say about him. In fact, his announcement that he is dealing with this health issue is really the only time Ted Thompson has spoken about himself at all that I can really remember. So I think it's fitting, especially in the context of the things that have happened to and about Ted Thompson this week, to take a second and take a look back at Ted Thompson. We never really got to the point where we did the Ted Thompson Should Be Fired podcast, or this is why Ted Thompson shouldn't be fired, or whatever. One of the first big download episodes that we had of this show was when I did my comprehensive breakdown of why I thought Dom Capers should be fired. I've done a couple episodes about why Mike McCarthy should or should not be fired, but we never really got there with Ted Thompson. The end of the Ted Thompson era came around so quickly, and so suddenly, so unexpectedly in a way, that we really never had to do the, boy, should this be it for Ted Thompson kind of stuff. A lot of other people have done that, fairly, I think. I think there have been some, some great articles from people talking about how maybe Ted Thompson should have called it quits a while ago. I don't want to go through that. The question I want to ask is how Ted Thompson should be remembered. And I think this is an interesting thing to do this week, especially in light of him making that personal statement about his health. Because, as I just alluded to, that's really the first step we've ever seen from Thompson to affect how he is remembered and how people think about him. To me, and I think the Tom Silverstein article proves me right on this, to me that art, or that statement from Thompson came across very much like a, I want you to hear this from me before you hear it from somebody else. And I was interested to see as soon as I saw the headline on Silverstein's article, how much there was in there about Ted Thompson's health. And there was quite a bit. So it makes me think that the Packers knew this was coming and Ted Thompson knew it was coming and wanted to get out a little bit ahead of it. It's not all that unlike that Mike McCarthy piece that Rob Domovsky did, that big long interview he had with McCarthy just before that Bleacher Report article came out. Maybe not quite the same because there's a lot less personal stuff about Ted Thompson in there, but not entirely dissimilar either. Ted Thompson is doing a little bit of control on his legacy, and I think that's a good thing for him to do, because for too long, other people have told the Ted Thompson story. I think it's good that he's trying to do a little bit of it himself for once. As to how he should be remembered, I think Mark Murphy said it pretty well, and I'm kind of giving away my conclusion here before we even get to what I want to say. But he said that he thinks history will look kindly on Ted Thompson. I tend to agree with that. I think, by and large, Ted Thompson's tenure as Green Bay, the Green Bay Packers general manager will be pretty well remembered. It was very, very successful. Sure, perhaps they could have won more. But they won quite a bit. And ask quite a few teams around the NFL... Would they prefer to have one Super Bowl ring during a guy's run as general manager or zero? 100% of them will say one. Sure, they never got back. Sure, they never won another one. But one is still pretty good. And if not for the Patriots destroying everybody's expectations for what a team could and should be, I think people would be a lot more sympathetic to Ted Thompson. But that's getting ahead of things here. Before we get to exactly how you should remember Ted Thompson... Let's reflect a little bit on the era over which he presided. Ted Thompson took over in 2005. And I think the first three years of his tenure break down into, well, could be described as the Favre era. And to just outline where I'm going here, I think there are four distinct eras in in the Thompson era. The first, the Favre era, he was really tasked with rebuilding a roster on the fly And getting an aging superstar one more shot. And he pretty much did that. I often have to remind myself that the Packers were in the NFC Championship game in 2007. I think had they won that game and faced off with the Patriots in the 2007 Super Bowl, the Patriots probably finish off that undefeated run. You never want to bet against Brett Favre. But if anybody can figure out how to take advantage of a quarterback who, well, let's say has a bit of impulse control, I'm betting it would be Bill Belichick. And I'm betting the Patriots' defense, though they were not great that year, probably could have figured out a way to handle Brett Favre. But that early part of Thompson's tenure was pretty amazing. He managed to retool... A roster that was pretty talent-starved, pretty hard up against the cap, and didn't have a lot of really game-breaking players pretty quickly. And he did it even though he spent his first ever draft pick on a quarterback who wasn't going to play for a couple years. That's pretty impressive. From 2008 to 2009, the Packers entered the second era under Ted Thompson. The Rodgers transition period. Aaron Rodgers was probably better in his first couple years as a starter than anybody really could have hoped for. He was very, very good. 2008 was a little bit rough at some points, but I think you could see the quarterback that he was going to become. And Thompson wisely extended Rodgers to probably a below-market deal. Well, not even probably, a certainly below-market deal very wisely at the time. Then in 2009, he really saw it start to come together. By that point, the Packers were in full-on contender mode. Had they somehow managed to survive in the desert against the Arizona Cardinals, who knows what could have happened in that playoff run, because the defense that year was pretty good. Then from 2010 to about 2014, Thompson presided over what I think you can safely call the peak Rodgers years in that span the packers went to and won a super bowl had a 15 and 1 season were within a bizarre game of another trip to the super bowl another rodgers mvp season i didn't even mention his first one a period of virtually unprecedented success in packers history other than the second trip to the super bowl super bowl 32 you could put the packers from 2010 to 2014 pretty fairly up against any of the great teams I think of the Wolf era. I don't think that's hyperbole to say. The Packers were good, capital G good, during that stretch. But following the 2014 NFC Championship game that launched to Seattle, you really enter the the fall of the Ted Thompson era, the denouement, if you really want to use the fancy word there. 2015 to 2016, it seems like Thompson spent a lot of time basically just trying to run it back again from 2014. The 2015 Packers were almost completely identical to the 2014 team. They just tried to do what they did in 2014 again, and it didn't work. Didn't work at all. That was a deeply, deeply flawed team. The same was true in 2016, and by 2017, it's like the Packers are trying to play their 2014 game, and everybody has figured it out, and the Packers don't have The horses to run it anymore. And even Aaron Rodgers is hurt for most of that year. And then the Thompson era ends. Abruptly, somewhat unexpectedly, he is more or less put out to pasture. And we really haven't heard from him since until he was inducted into the Green Bay Packers Hall of Fame. So, how do we remember Ted Thompson? He's got a Super Bowl ring, he drafted a future Hall of Fame quarterback. How do you remember him? I think there are seven ways that you can remember Ted Thompson. First, you can remember him as the guy who rapidly rebuilt a team around an aging star. I know I said that already, but it's true. If that's all you remember him as, that's pretty accurate. That is an accomplishment in and of itself. It's hard to come into a team and not just tear it down completely. You couldn't you know, raise the building to the ground that was the Green Bay Packers at the time and rebuild from scratch. They already had some pieces in place, one really big franchise-defining piece in particular. And though he would ultimately trade Favre, that he rebuilt around him at all, that he put a coach in place that could manage Favre was impressive. That is one way to remember Ted Thompson. You can also remember him, number two, is the guy who planned for the future by making a call almost nobody else ever has. Think about the last 20 years or so. How many teams, honestly, how many, have drafted a quarterback in the first round with the intention of sitting him for not one, not two, not three, or up to three years? It just does not happen. The Packers were in an utterly unique situation. They probably didn't plan for it to go on as long as it did. But Thompson had the stones to do it. And a lot of people have downplayed it since then by saying Rodgers fell into his lap. But a lot of other teams passed on Aaron Rodgers. A lot of other teams with worse quarterback situations than the Packers decided, "Hmm, Nope, not for me. I will pass, thank you. Thompson Didn't have to take a quarterback, but he did. He took a quarterback in an era when rookie quarterbacks were getting monstrous contracts in the first round. But he sat him down for three years. That takes some guts, especially when you're in a league that demands winning early on in your tenure or your contract isn't worth the paper it's printed on. That's huge. That is huge. You can tie into that, the idea that he traded Brett Favre, sure. But that's another gutsy decision. That's planning for the future, too. 2008, Brett Favre is not the future of the Packers. As good as he was in 2009, as good as he was at times in 2008, Aaron Rodgers was better In 2010, 2011, probably 2012, even 2013, and certainly better in 2014. That takes some guts. And when he traded Brett Favre, again, traded Brett Favre, something inconceivable in like 2005, he set the Packers up for more than a decade of contention. Sure, they've probably overachieved in some seasons just because of Aaron Rodgers, but that in and of itself is a testament to Ted Thompson. One more positive one before we take a a couple steps toward the negative. He's also a guy who built a defensive juggernaut. Well, maybe not juggernaut. A very strong defensive team to go with the offensive juggernaut that he was putting together. Look back at the numbers on the 2009 and 2010 Packers. They might have won a Super Bowl on their defense alone. They might have won with a just adequate quarterback in 2010. Fortunately, they had a much more than adequate quarterback in Aaron Rodgers, but their defense was lights out good those years. Top five in the league. Excellent, excellent defense. And Thompson had that defense because he had the foresight to pick up a guy like Charles Woodson, when he could get him for cheap, to get Clay Matthews, to put B.J. Raji out there as the centerpiece of his defense, Tremont Williams, Desmond Bishop, Nick Collins, Sam Shields, all of these guys put into place by Ted Thompson. That defense didn't happen by accident. It was good, better than you remember probably. And Thompson constructed that right under our noses. None of those moves on their own seemed like game-breaking moves. Trading up to get Clay Matthews, sure, that's an exciting one. Signing Charles Woodson, that was a big splash at the time, and he didn't even really want to come to Green Bay. Thompson did it. And had Collins not gotten injured, I bet that defense looks a lot better in 2011 and 2012. But Collins did get injured. And the fourth way you can remember Ted Thompson, I think, is a guy who didn't necessarily respond all that well to setbacks. We mentioned 2015 as a season where Thompson just tried to kind of run it back after a disappointing end to a promising season. That's not the only time he did that. 2011 was another situation where Thompson basically saw what happened and just said, well, let's try that again. Kind of fluky, huh? It seemed like he did not always respond as quickly as he could have, or as decisively as he could have. The Packers spent a large part of 2012 and 2013, well, all of it, really, relying on guys like Charlie Pepra, M.D. Jennings, Jerron McMillan at safety. Tough times. Not great. Not a great look for Ted Thompson. And Nick Collins' injury kind of defined that period of Packers history. In 2013, Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. And Thompson still doesn't take the steps he should to really shore up the backup quarterback position for a couple years. And even then, the guy he got was a fifth-round pick. And he turned out to not be all that good, despite years and years of investment by the Packers. Brett Hundley, of course. Thompson didn't always respond as quickly as he should to bad situations in Green Bay. And that certainly, if you're inclined, is a way you can remember him. You can also remember him as a guy who didn't necessarily change his approach at all, for better or for worse. The book on Ted Thompson is pretty clear. He's going to get as many draft picks as he could. He was going to bring in a whole bunch of undrafted free agents And typically, those undrafted free agents were going to be guys who he had brought in for pre-draft visits. That was pretty much it for Ted Thompson. That was the way he did business, and everybody knew it. He wouldn't talk to the media about it. He would sometimes hang guys out to dry to defend his decisions when he he could clear things up by just walking into the Green Bay Packers press room and explaining himself. But he didn't do that. And everybody knew exactly what he was going to do from a strategy perspective. A lot of those draft picks were a little bit out of left field. Seemed that way. But Ted Thompson had a method. He knew the reason he was going to do things, and he did it. And he didn't let anybody change him. That's commendable. That's frustrating. That's sometimes flat out wrong. But not always. In fact, often it was really right. And you should remember a guy, or remember Thompson as a guy who stuck to his guns and didn't change for anybody. Again, for better and for worse. You can also remember him as a guy who grew an incredible tree of personnel people. Just a short list John Schneider, John Dorsey, Reggie McKenzie, Brian Gudekunst, Elliot Wolf, Alonzo Highsmith, many, many, many more. This is a group of personnel guys and I realize that some of those guys came up with Ted Thompson as much as under him. But the entire league is benefiting from his ability to put good personnel people in place. A lot of teams around the NFL have benefited from the insights of guys that Thompson identified as people you want in your organization. And a lot of these offshoots of the Thompson tree are going to produce pretty extensive fruit of their own. That's an impressive legacy. Not that anybody's really going to talk about it, except for the people close to Thompson. I think that's one of the most telling things too about Ted Thompson is how people who are close to him talk about him. Even people who may not necessarily have agreed with what he's done all all these times they still seem to respect him as a human being and as an individual. That's pretty telling that you cannot like what somebody does and still love them as a person. Finally, I think you should remember Ted Thompson as a guy who loved the Packers and really understood what it meant to be a part of their history. Can you hear my notes? For once, I'm using paper notes. I almost always do Google Doc notes. I wanted to go physical media this time. Ted Thompson loved the Packers. He loved being part of Green Bay. You could just tell by the way that in his few public remarks, he would speak about the the history, about the fans, about the atmosphere, about everything going on in Green Bay. He loved the Packers. And I don't think that should be discounted. It can be really easy to get cynical about football and about sports and about, well, anybody who has a job, gets a little bit cynical about their job. Ted Thompson never really seemed that way. Seemed like the job wore him out sometimes, especially towards the end. But he always loved the Packers. And he loved what it meant to be a part of the Green Bay Packers. So how should we remember Ted Thompson? I've given you seven options here. Talked a lot about each of them. Which one is the one? I don't think you're wrong if you just pick one of those seven. If you're someone who hates Ted Thompson and you just want to remember him as a guy who never changed his approach, didn't respond to setbacks, whatever, I think that's fine. I'm not sure it's right, but I think that is a fair position. If you just want to remember him as a guy who loved the Packers, who you may not wanted, may not have wanted to agree with, may not have liked, That's fine, too. I'm not sure there is one definitive way to look at Ted Thompson, to look at his era in Packers history. But I think it's worth thinking about. I think it's some combination of these things. I think it's probably all of them. But if you just want to focus on one, I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. Because I think Ted Thompson is just that kind of guy. And maybe that's really the bottom line here. Maybe the best way to remember Ted Thompson is as a guy who you could look at and see whatever you wanted to see in him, knowing all the while that he had his own angle. I think the one defining quote of the Ted Thompson era for me is one year prior to the draft, When somebody, might have been Bill Huber, he's the one who always seems to be asking these kind of questions, asked Ted Thompson about some of the reports about who the Packers were interested leading up into the draft. And Ted Thompson said that he didn't believe any of the reports because essentially uh, he's like, I'm the only person who knows and I haven't told anybody. Thompson just had a bone-dried wit about him. He still does, of course. He's still around. But just, he was, he was aware, he is aware, of how he's perceived. And I think the most impressive thing about him is that he seems to be more or less okay with it. He is okay with letting other people write his story. He's one of those people that I wish would do a little bit more to write his own story. But I think there's something really impressive about a guy who is secure enough in himself and the things that he's done to step back and to say, you know what, they can say what they're going to say. I know what I think about myself. Kind of said some stuff like that about Clay Matthews, too. I think there's a really interesting guy in there with Clay Matthews. And I think things are largely the same with Ted Thompson. There's a really interesting guy in there. There's a guy in there who's forgotten more about football than almost any of us will ever know. And I wish we could see a little bit more about him. If I thought it would do any good, I wish I could sit down with him and just ask him questions about football. But I'm not sure he'd have anything to say. Not because he doesn't actually know, but he just would prefer to keep it to himself. And I think that's pretty cool. He's an interesting guy. I think we're lucky as Packers fans to have been around during his tenure in Green Bay. Sure, it could have been better at times. Definitely. That's true of anybody though. And I think we have a lot to be thankful for with Ted Thompson. That's all I've got for you on this show. Thank you very much for listening. I do appreciate it. If you like what you heard and you want to help us keep this going, leave us a review and a rating on iTunes. That's the best way to support the show. It helps us to keep everything going, helps more people find the show as well. If you want to take your support to the next level, you can throw us a buck at patreon.com slash thepowersweep or buy one of our fine t-shirts or sweatshirts from our Teespring store. Click the store link at thepowersweep.com to do just that. And as always, the best way you can support us, in addition to leaving a review, is telling your friends. We appreciate that as well. Reach out on Facebook, on Twitter, via email at thepowersweep1959 at gmail.com. Any feedback you give us helps us make this entire operation better and helps all of us become smarter Packers fans. And as I always say, smarter Packers fans are better Packers fans, and better Packers fans are what we all want to be. I've been your host, John Meerdink. We'll see you next time on Blue 58.